Welcome to Spiritual Charlotte, a safe space for all who seek. You are joining Kendall Heath and Debbie Chisholm as we journey into the heart of community for an authentic and candid exploration into the light. We are seekers just like you, holding a space for all of us, teachers and students together in community, conversation, and connection. Join us for an hour of heart-centered dialogue and discovery. Good morning, Spiritual Charlotte. This is Debbie Chisholm, your co-host, one of your co-hosts today, and actually our other co-host, Kendall Heath, is going to be um, my guest, our guest on this show today for part two of getting to know Kendall and her mission and her passion for the work that she's doing. Um, This is episode 49. It is December 6, 2017, and welcome, welcome, welcome. Just here at the top of the show, I just want to give you a quick rundown of what's happening at Lighthouse Spiritual Center for the month of December. This week particularly, we have three really great ways um, for you to come participate um, at Lighthouse. On Friday night from 7 to 8.30, we have a Drumming for Wellness uh, workshop with Julie Alexander and John Hurst. That's on December 8th. And then on Saturday, we have two events, or a workshop and an event, and um, Kendall is going to be uh, doing a workshop called Painting Your Child's True Essence. That's Saturday morning from 10 in the morning to 12 noon. And we have a light language sound arshan with myself and Kendall with, uh, uh, Saturday night from 7 to 8.30. All the information for uh, these events and workshops that I'm sharing with you can be found on our website, which is lighthousespiritualcenter.com, or you can connect with us on Facebook where all events are posted as well. And anything you find interesting, please feel free to share so more people in the community can come um, experience these wonderful offerings. So additionally, in December, we have a postpartum support group with our resident doula, Rebecca Doerr. That's on Saturday, excuse me, Thursday, December 14th. That's from 10 to 12. On December 16th, we have Psychic Saturday, where we're going to have multiple readers, um, psychic and intuitive readers here in the house for you to schedule uh, readings with. On December 16, we will have a sound healing concert with Susan Gwaltney, and she is a Kundalini yoga teacher, and she also works with sound healing. She has beautiful crystal bowls and does a be- has a beautiful meditative experience as part of this sound healing. And then we are also going to have a Christmas Eve service on December 24. So again, please check out our website for more information about these events. And we are also um, offering uh, gift certificates, buy one, get one this season. This is only going to happen once a year from Lighthouse. So self-care should be at the top of your gift list, not only for yourself but for others as well. So now, between now and December 15, um, buy any value gift certificate and receive another one of the same value. These gift certificates are uh, usable excuse me, or redeemable for one-on-one services with Kendall and myself. And all this information is on the website as well. So purchase these by December 15 and um, give yourself the gift of spiritual self-care. All right. So now, without further ado, we are going to um, talk with Kendall, our, our beloved friend and my business partner and um, my spiritual sister, and the list can go on and on and on. Um, but anyway, Kendall, welcome to the show. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> and she's putting a tic-tac in her mouth to talk on the radio. <laughs> Did you forget to 
brush your teeth this morning. Yeah, I did it. I just love a TikTok. And I was like, you can't. They they, they make sounds. Um, yeah, it's funny. I just find myself misbehaving when you're doing those intros. I, yeah, I think I pulled like a half a head of hair out of my ponytail because I forgot to brush my hair this morning. Um, thank you for having me. I know we said we started show one. Yeah, show one, we talked about spiritual awakening kind of one and two on your journey so far. And today we want to really focus on spiritual awakening number three and um, our friendship and the birthing of Spiritual Charlotte podcast and Lighthouse Spiritual Center and kind of what all that looks like. Yeah, it's funny when, you know, it it almost sounds awkward to talk about that, oh, there was awakening one, there was awakening two. But I guess if you have not heard the first part of this story, mm-hmm. um, I believe that was episode 47 or 46, I'm not sure. Um, that was the journey for me, um, basically going up to sort of present day. And mm-hmm. so now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the reason why we're doing these um, interviews with each other is because, you know, we spend a lot of time interviewing people in the spiritual community because, everybody's doing such amazing work. And then we thought maybe we should talk about what we do is that might be reasonable. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And not that we don't kind of always talk about it a little bit on the show, but I think that to really turn the tables on each other is insightful for us and, and it just creates clarity. We, we have people who've been in our community for um, a, a couple years now and they don't know all that we do. So, kind of a smart move. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, maybe detaching from either shyness or conceptualizing that it's egotistical to talk about what we do, when in reality, I mean, we're here to serve. Right. And if we are not talking about how we're here to serve, then we are withholding gifts from from others. And so then we are not really in spiritual alignment with, with what we're here to do. Exactly. And so... Yeah. Um, and that's what gifts are. They're meant to be given, right? They're meant to be shared. And so in talking about these things, it creates that conversation and the awareness that for people who are seeking um, support, um, that we offer tools and compassion and experiences and guidance um, that can help. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I don't think any of one of us can have too many tools in our in our tool belt, right, or in our toolkit. So, um, Yeah. So one of the things I just wanted to uh, kind of clarify, the first awakening and the second awakening and the third awakening, I mean, really those are milestones, mm-hmm. right? They are significant, mm-hmm. poign- poignant um, uh, realms of light in your journey or mm-hmm. on your journey that really have spoken volumes to you where there's been like a distinction between, okay, I am shifting from, this chapter to the next chapter or this book to the next book, there's, there's distinction. Yeah. Like a line in the sand that says, Oh yeah, here's a big shift coming. And um, that's really what we're saying. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that we're saying awakening in some, um, yeah, an Eastern sense of the term that might be under a particular doctrine, the way that they define awakening, but awakening certainly there's moments that are so pivotal in your consciousness that, mm-hmm you can never go back to being the way you were before mm-hmm. in a whole host of ways, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, it's a shift in consciousness that, that 
pushes you in a in a new direction. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all had those. You know, whether people know or not, they they may not language it the same. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about something small. You know, I'm talking about something very significant on the path. So I think that the third one for me definitely had to came along around the time that you and I met a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's where we left off on the last show, mm-hmm. right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And um, so you and I met. I I had posted something on Facebook. I was trying to build personal and spiritual community for myself because I was kind of locked in my house yeah. um, grappling with some of these, these concepts and um, lack of spiritual community and conversation and, um, and, and women friends. I really was feeling isolated. And mm-hmm. so I had created an event, put it on Facebook. I was kind of, mm-hmm. That was, to me, like, really big deal. So I put <laughs> myself out there, and I was using a lot of divine language, which was brand new for me. Yeah. And I thought, mm, okay, I'm going to throw this frisbee out there, this boomerang. Let's see what comes back. Yeah. And 14 people, 14 women, you included, yeah. that wanted to come, which totally flabbergasted me. <laughs> But it, it was, I think, one of my first instances of realizing, okay, you're going to get what you asked for, right? And so, you know, and I put it out there with, with full heart and just released any anxiety over it. And there it was. Yeah. And so you came and you sat in my living room with me and this, this group of women. And, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it was just we started having conversation post post the event yeah. as, as we started, you know, breaking up and people were leaving and whatnot. and. The friendship was born. Yeah, or reborn. Yeah. True. Reborn. Yeah, you know, it's funny because you and I have talked about before whenever we um put all our pieces together, you know, like who as you tell the other person who you are, what where you've lived, what your history is. And it occurred to us that whenever I was in college at Appalachian State that you were living just miles down the road because we were both living off the Blue Ridge Parkway and you were living an adult a mother life at mm-hmm. that point, and mm-hmm. I was a college student. Or I don't know, was there 11 years between us or something? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we were right down the road. So we were, you know, passing each other at grocery stores. I mean, the town's only so big. Right, right. So um, it's just so interesting to me how often that probably happens for people, mm-hmm. that somebody that they're meant to be in relationship with, they may cross at earlier times mm-hmm. before the readiness is yeah, there. Yeah, before the awareness is there. Yeah, yeah. So, but... um. You know, I remember that um, whenever we started getting together, because we both had these home businesses, and so we had the freedom to do that, and we would get together on, I think, Fridays or every Wednesday and and try to ruminate and bounce things off of each other and figure out what was what and kind of go get out of some of the strings of our lethargic Mm -hmm. season Mm -hmm. and our um, some of the – struggles we were still having at that point in our life. I remember that, you know, when we started to share our work, which had a lot to do with the meditation work that you were doing, and then light language that you brought forward, and then I realized after you shared the light language um, that I had the ability to interpret that language in a cognitive way, which, you know, we've talked about before in certain circles that I I believe that when you have a way of expressing your spiritual gifts in the world, that that, that a lot of times there's a theme there, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are by nature somebody who is 
a journalist. You know, you're constantly collecting information and pushing that information back out in the form of, of, of language and words. Mm-hmm. Or if you're somebody who is a helper, and the way that you orient that spiritual side of yourself in the world is to always find ways to be, like, in service. You're constantly volunteering. You're constantly in helper form. Maybe it's maternal for you. Maybe it's as a caregiver. Um, I think that whenever you are a certain way in, the, in this world, that that is also the way that you are in other planes. And so whenever light language came through and I realized, oh, my gosh, like I can translate this. I fully cognitively can get with this otherwise non-cognitive language for mm-hmm. most people, right? Mm-hmm. This made a lot of sense to me because I think I've been a translating my whole life. I've been taking information and assimilating the information and then pushing it back out in a new way or a way that is more accessible to a lay person or a way that um, that uh, just kind of tumbles the language around mm-hmm. and is able to derive some of the most important parts of what's been said mm-hmm. and then take it back out for a new dialogue. Yeah, that relanguaging. And, that you know, that showed up in marketing and writing and yeah a lot of ways in my life so so when light language came forward and that was part of that for me um you know the other part of light language was that light language um even though I was a skeptic like anybody else who experiences something new and in this case very very uh new well conceptually (laughs) it's kind of out there yeah Conceptually, it is out there, and in and in and in spiritual work and realms, the fact is um, that's what you're signing up for. Mm-hmm. You're signing up to separate yourself from prescribed paradigms that are kind of a functioning of this world, and to open yourself to all the other possibilities that is the divine. And so, there's going to be a lot of shedding of layers of what was what was formerly thought of as. Um, uh, impossible, um, far out, um, mm-hmm. not likely. Uh, Judgment. Yeah, you know, uh, not provable. I mean, divine law and earth law, two different things. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when when light language came through with you, one of the things that I do believe happened is that, you know, light language unlocks consciousness. It it does an energetic. It literally unlocks energetically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I think that there was an acceleration for me. There was an unlocking. There was an acceleration. So just even by hearing the language, which is the same for anybody Mm -hmm. who hears it, right, the potential is there for the light language to do the work whether you know what's happening or not. Mm -hmm. Um, I just happened to uh, be assigned to the task of being a partner with you in terms of oh, by the way, you're going to take this work further, mm-hmm. and the two of you will find that you're the perfect partnership to take, take that work further. Mm-hmm. So multiple layers there. Um, and I'm sure people still, you know, when you start talking about light language, the questions that somebody has, I think that, that we can't answer all those questions like on this podcast, mm-hmm. but a separate show on light language will. Yeah. So, let me just say that light language is a big part, big part of this, this, this movement. And then um, 
And then what happened for us is that um, you said early on, you said something about a podcast early on. I thought you did. I didn't think it was me. That's funny because I remember it being you. Here's what I remember about podcasts. I remember you were going to do a podcast with one of your old friends. Right. And because he was podcasting. And then for some reason on the first show the two of you were going to do, he backed out, decided Mm -hmm. not to for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And you were kind of panicked and you're like, okay, you got to be on this with me. Let's, you know, or can you listen? Because originally I was just going to listen. Right. Right. Just kind of give you feedback. And then all of a sudden I was going to be on the show. And I was like, well, okay, here we go. And I think it was kind of like, okay, I guess this is what it's supposed to be. That's how I remember. Now, whether that's accurate or not, I don't know. But that's almost accurate. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but, but what I recall is that you had originally said something before this friend came into the picture. You had originally said something about us doing a podcast. And then, after this kind of fell through, and I was like, oh, the universe didn't really want this to happen. I was like, oh, duh. Went back to you and said, <laughs> guess what? We're doing a show. You know, here's the mission of, of, um, of Spiritual Charlotte. You and I um, had talked about when you're on the spiritual journey, it can be so isolating. Mm-hmm. And um, there's not really places to explore it. And you can read a thousand books that doesn't give you community. And you can, uh, you know, uh, maybe find a community to go to, but it's almost like it's never enough. It's like, where can I go where I can just safely explore this? I think especially in the southeast, I think that we've got some ways to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted it to be a place for conversation and community and connection. And we started the Facebook page first, right? The Facebook page was, well, let's just do a project where we will start aggregating all of the spiritual events going on around town. We knew that Shift Charlotte has an event every year Mm -hmm. and now a couple events during the year where they get everybody together. Mm -hmm. But we thought, let's let's put this on the radio um, where we're interviewing people from the community. I think it evolved to that. At first we were just having chit-chat, and then Mm -hmm. we thought, well, there's only so much you and I can (laughs) talk about for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it was so nourishing to start to see and meet people and, their, and receive their perspectives and absorb their gifts and, and realize oh my, after a show was over how much certain people were going to get from that person. Yeah. To think about and then to watch the listenership go up in the thousands and and to find out from Rob Bell that we could put out a crappy show and people would still listen to it <laughs> right. until we had, you know, thousands of dollars to invest in better management and technology. Right. And um, But Spiritual Charlotte was just about being able to have a conversation and, um, and to include all faiths in that because, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that is so important to me is that we heal we heal from our wounds with our religions of origin. Um, You know, to me, it's an unfortunate thing. If we go into metaphysical or spiritual community and we mention Jesus's name, or we mention that, um, let's say we say we're a Christian, or we mention the name of, of, of a Western spiritual concept, right, a Western religion that we value. 
it's a shame to me if the openness is not present in metaphysical community to include that, right? Mm -hmm. And so whereas, and same on the other end, it's always been a long-time issue, obviously, to go into Christian tradition Mm -hmm. and or another mainstream religion and come from the far left and have that be accepted. But that same prejudice and that same resistance happens in metaphysical community. Yeah. You know, and so... I think it it was important when we started Spiritual Charlotte to say, yes, we're going to interview and talk about things that are in spiritual, quote, unquote, community. You know what I mean? But you got to include everything in that pot. You know, it's all the faith. It's the truth and the wisdom of all the traditions. It's the making peace with uh, with the figures in those traditions. It, it It's also realizing that maybe the reason why we're really angry, maybe the reason we really left is because we got some fundamental teachings that absolutely did not give us the whole picture, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, there are new ways to perceive the teachings of mainline religions, and I think those new ways are actually very ancient. And so it's important to me that whenever we come together and you know, in spiritual discussion that we don't show up with our wounds out in front of us, that we show up very interested in how all this actually can be healed together, you know, how all this can actually be mended. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk to pastors who say things to me, uh, you know, Christian pastors in particular, uh, more than one this last year who said, I think that where all this is headed is an interfaith world, you know, and You'll hear speakers all over the world talking about that right now. You know, the church, if, if we're just, and I bring up the church and Christianity because that is my religion of origin. So I'm not excluding Judaism and Islam and Hinduism and all that. But, but you can translate this to, as a listener, to whatever your religion of origin is, is that, is that I think everybody knows that there's a shift happening. There's a shift happening in faith. There's a shift happening in faith communities. And that shift is very disruptive at the moment because a lot of people who are clinging to kind of the box that they've been in, those boxes are really, there's like a lot, a lot of earthquakes going on. And I think those earthquakes have to do with the, the world consciousness is moving towards something that has a lot of interfaith stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think from, from the egoic perspective, for these people in the box, let's say, if, if the outside world is basically telling you, or this is how you're hearing it, that what you believe is quote-unquote wrong, mm-hmm. um, that can turn your world upside down. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I believe the wrong thing my whole life? When in reality, it isn't all wrong, and wrong isn't really the right word. Mm-hmm. Um but it's that division of, okay, we over here are right and you over here are wrong. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same division or prejudice because you, you, the way you tied some things together was kind of lighting me up. So the same prejudice in thinking that, well, all Muslims are bad because some of them have done this in the name of mm-hmm. their religion. Mm-hmm. Or um, all men are bad because some women have experienced abuse. Mm-hmm. by a man or you know it's that it's that lumping together mm-hmm. when in reality i mean obviously there's there's pain in all of those mm-hmm. things 
Mm-hmm. And so it's easier just to go right to that pain point and then assume, okay, I'm cutting all of that out. You're all wrong and I'm right. Yeah, and in which case you just end up being a fundamentalist on another end. Yeah. I mean, uh, and it shuts down conversation. It shuts down community. It shuts down connection. It keeps us all in the opposite direction. Yeah. It shuts down the heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what really happens. I don't think that the goal is to, that we have to transcend religion, okay? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that, because here's the, the thing of it. Religious tradition has some very beautiful, valuable things in it. Mm-hmm. Ritual is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Ritual reminds us that we're in bodies, but we also are spiritual beings. And how do we make sense of all that? You know, um, to have these saints who have lived among us and to honor and, and, and use them as examples of, okay, the, they act as uh, these lighthouses to show us how to live and how to be together, to figure out what it means to see God in each other. I mean, these things happen within traditions that, um, these are the best parts of traditions, right? Along with name, name many other aspects. So I don't know that the idea is that we transcend all these types of practices. Right. I think it's that we start to make these practices more tolerant, more inclusive. We start to be willing to make adjustments. We start to be willing to meet people across the fence and begin to actually take the, the fence down mm-hmm. and find out how does this all fit together, mm-hmm. you know, and um, one of the biggest moments for me this year was in a conversation that I had with Josh Scott here on the show, and I'll never forget it because I said to to Josh, who's a pastor out of Morgantown Church in Kentucky, he's kind of a renegade progressive Christian guy mm-hmm. that I met at the Wild Goose Festival. The Wild Goose Festival, which we haven't mentioned, was the festival where I had my call mm-hmm. to minister mm-hmm. two summers ago. So maybe we'll talk about that. But regardless, um, Josh said, you know, I see the way, I see the way of Christ. And if we talk about the way of Christ, we're talking about, to me, we're talking about the Christ consciousness, the largest light that looms within everything, the Holy Spirit that manifests as not only Jesus, but a million other things we won't know until we go into the other world. And but for Josh, when he talks about the way, he's very, very, he's a biblical mm-hmm. young scholar. Mm-hmm. And when he talks about the way, he's talking about the purest things about Christ, the things that we see in saints and uh, figures in all, all traditions. And he's saying, no matter what religion I, I look at, I see the way. I see how the way is being lived out. I see the way in Eastern traditions. I see the way... Uh, in Western traditions, I see the way when we're talking about spiritual stuff. And so I said to him, well, why not go interfaith? Why not be an inter- like a Unitarian pastor? If you see that and, and, and all that. And Josh said something that was like huge for me. And I talked to you right afterwards. I was having explosions like in the office. And he said, okay. He said, so here's the thing. He said, if there's a spectrum, right? There's a spectrum of like what, what all is like possible in spiritual world. And he's like, and let's say on the right side of that spectrum is the Christian tradition. And he said, so 
what I've decided to do, because Christianity and is my mother tongue, and I really have, like, this love affair with Jesus. Like, that, that mm-hmm. is what I know. Mm-hmm. He's like, so what I've decided to do, if there's a fence on that spectrum, like in, 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 somewhere in the middle or on the right, and Christianity is on the right side of that fence, he's like, instead of standing on the far back of the spectrum where there's some real fundamental real non-productive, real um, uh, literal stuff going on that probably needs to be healed, mended, reinterpreted, reevaluated. He's like, I'm going to stay in the tradition, and I'm going to stand up by the fence. And when all, anybody who's ready that wants to keep walking forward to, to, to something that is more revolutionary, that is more sound in terms of the, the actual teachings, um, that wants to uh, kind of expand in this direction, he's like, I'm standing on this side of the fence, within the tradition, because some of those people will never cross over the fence into the rest. Mm-hmm. He's like, so I'm, I'm in my spot. He didn't say it exactly this way. That's how right. I interpret it. Right. And I had this huge epiphany because I got this call to be an, a, a minister sitting at the Wild Goose Festival listening to Laura Parrott Perry, mm-hmm. our friend who mm-hmm. does Say It Survivor. She was talking about trauma and abuse. And I was sitting with my husband underneath this tent two years ago or almost three years ago now, I can't remember. And literally a light beamed down on the top of my head. I mean, I can sit my mind's eye can see the whole thing. And I, and I went, Oh my God, what's happening. And I literally felt like I was anointed with a call. Mm-hmm. The words that I heard were, you are to start a new type of church. And the permission exploded on me. It was like, yes, permission to be a pastor, permission to be a minister. And I'm like, but it was very clear, this is a new type of ministry. This is different, you know, and you'll know, you'll find out what it is. Mm -hmm. And so what I realized in that conversation with, with Josh is that, you know, I had gone way over on the left side of the spectrum. I had gone into metaphysical world. Um, in my teens and 20s and 30s. It was home for me, right? But I'm never one to stay in the box. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So even that box is not going to be enough. Mm -hmm. And also I've done a lot of healing work with uh, religion. I had made some serious peace with, with Jesus and actually had developed a love with so many different figures over time and and Jesus, and to my surprise. And what I realized is that I had decided to walk up to the front of that fence on the spiritual side and basically standing across from my friend Josh Scott. Mm -hmm. And I said, the fence is really not real, right? Mm -hmm. But for the sake of this conversation, Mm -hmm. it's like me and him standing across from each other, and I'm like, okay, Josh, you got it on that side, and I'm going to stand right here on on this side in the spiritual and we're just going to be right there holding, holding down the fort for people that are ready, ready to come more to the middle. To blend. Yeah. <clears throat> come more to the middle. Make the piece that, get, that helps you to move on into the real work, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because of the, the Sagittarius side of me um, or even the Scorpio side of me. I don't know what it is, but there is, for me, it doesn't stop at, kind of bringing a third wheel into this. You know, I came from psychotherapy world mm-hmm. because I was in counseling forever as a participant. And 
psychotherapy, as I said, was the gateway into spirituality. And and for me, uh, it doesn't stop at psychotherapy either. Like 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 it 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 goes to um, like even those who have made psychotherapy their religion. Mm-hmm. We're even holding down the fort on on the spiritual spectrum to say, guess what? There's actually more faith available for you. Mm-hmm. There's actually more of a relationship where you can trust something bigger than yourself. I see a lot of people who who, who when they've been in a lot of pain, who psychotherapy becomes the the stop point. Mm-hmm. They become obsessed with doing that work. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's the next level of that is saying, okay, let's almost like pastoral care and spiritual direction, they kind of work in this way. Let's let's now take those tools and show you what it's like when you really incorporate that with the divine that is within you and that is everything. Beautifully said. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so mission-wise, you know, it kind of brings us to what we're up to at Lighthouse. (laughs) (laughs) Good segue. I'm probably skipping all over the board. Um, tell me if I'm skipping. Because no, you're not. No, I mean, really, you're not. I mean, it, it, that was a, a perfect blending or stepping into the next part of the conversation. Okay. Yeah, the um, the evolution yeah. of the journey. So when when you and I realized that we had, had this shared dream for this, this center, um, that was, I've heard a lot of people say that they want to have this type of center. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants this type of center. Mm-hmm. Women want a women's center mm-hmm. that has spiritual stuff going on. And and I've heard it a million times. But I knew whenever we started talking, I was like, you know, you and I speak the same spiritual dialect. Mm-hmm. And and not to mention, I think we've been working together for, for longer than this. Uh, yeah, longer in this century. Yeah, and you know, I think that the the thing was okay. Um, there's enough business acumen here, and some serious drive, mm-hmm. and there's like some type of like there's like soulmate thing happening. Where I was like, this is going to happen, and so when all the pieces fell, which is a whole nother story, that's like a story about like believing in your dream. <laughs> that's a lot of elements to it. Mm-hmm. But whenever we came into this 120 year old, completely refurbished house in Mooresville, North Carolina, you couldn't have ever told me I was going to be uh, working in a, in Mooresville, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Lake Norman. It's just a couple neighbor, a couple towns up from where we were. But honestly, Mooresville was the butt of North Carolina as far as I knew at the time. I didn't understand. I didn't know what Mooresville right. was. Right. You know, I just thought it was. It got too little, too country dumped in for me, um, which is hilarious now because now that we're up here, I see the readiness. I see all the people that live in this area that uh, we've been planted here. Yeah, and we, by faith, mm-hmm. followed the guidance that was shown us. Yeah. And there's people here that are having these conversations. We started to find out that there were spiritual groups that were meeting in homes that um, were had been meeting for seven years. Forty people over here, twenty people over there. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on? 
um, when we opened the doors here and thought we would get all this resistance because people don't understand spiritual and they don't understand the word spiritual center. Unfortunately, you know, there's been things to come along the path in other traditions that have veered way too far to the left and have really not been spiritual at all, whether it's cults or, um, you know, just kind of these strange offshoots that that really weren't quite right, didn't really have it together in a way that was uh, true or healthy, that whenever you open up a spiritual center, you just don't know how the words are going to be perceived, mm-hmm. right? And we have found that. Yeah. Just a little smidge is enough to bring back to the other person, oh, this is what the languaging I heard today or question I had today, and it gave us new awareness on being prepared yeah. to be able to talk to those concerns yeah. and understand that there are some people in, in this community who are receiving us that way or putting us in that box. Yeah, which I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm almost completely unconcerned about because, because what my main concern is is that, that the work that we are up to at Lighthouse is, you know, I was reading something from Richard Rohr the other day, who is just a beautiful teacher in the Christian tradition. And um, one of the things that Richard Rohr said is that the clarification and rediscovery of the true self lays the foundation, like as a clear initial goal for all religion, all spirituality. And when we opened the doors to Lighthouse, we knew a couple things. We knew that we wanted to merge healing and spirituality mm-hmm. in a way where people understood that both are essential on the journey. Mm-hmm. We wanted for people to um, learn the tools for living an undivided life where you don't have to be one person at work, one person in your marriage, one person in your friendship, and another person in the privacy of your home when nobody's around. We wanted to help to heal these false divides. Mm-hmm. And so we have come to Lighthouse and know that, yes, we are interfaith focused. Yes, it is important to us that we have um, strong foundational knowledge of all the traditions. Yes, it is important to us that we are following our own inner compasses for the work that we individually are supposed to be doing. Yes, there is room for you here if you can align with the tenets of respect and, um, and truth-seeking that we believe in. There, this is a space of open inquiry, um, but this is, this is a safe space of open inquiry. So when you come to Lighthouse, you know, you will see a cross from the window. You will see Mother Mary. You will see the Buddha. You will see, um, you know, angel figures. You're going to see um, elements of Celtic tradition or Hindu tradition, not because, you know, I had, we had somebody walk in here when we opened up the doors who was a really lovely human being. And he, this man loved Jesus in a way that was true blue. And I had a great conversation with him. We talked at the front door for way too long. And, but one of the things he said was, if you really love Jesus, if you really love Jesus, because I said, I really love Jesus. He said, if you really love Jesus, he would, you'd realize he's the only way. He'd be the only way. And, and I said, you know, I said, thank you so much for sharing that. And I walked away saying, and even so, I still really love Jesus. 
because the way is the way is the way is the way. I don't care what box that you need to put it in, what label you need to put it on. And if it's Buddha doing the way, that's the way. If it's Gandhi doing the way, that's the way. If it's, um, what book are we reading right now? If it's uh, Yoga of Jesus. Yeah. Which is uh, by Yogananda. Yeah, if it's Yogananda doing what he's doing, it's doing the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about um, those heart-centered tenets that keep us from all this righteousness, right? And they keep us understanding that the only way that we experience the divine is through each other and through tuning in mm-hmm. to this inner light, like what is happening on the inside, and how can we get that inner light as clear as we possibly can, right? Mm-hmm. So we have some friends bring in a sign. What the heck does that sign say at the front door? Something about the lighthouse. I'll be, your, I'll be the lighthouse when you've lost your way. Something like Something that. Something like that. That's all, that's all we want to be, you know. Um, so it is important to me that, um, that that foundational knowledge of sacred text is something that we continue to study and work with. We're not pulling stuff willy-nilly out of the air. Mm-hmm. But we also are learning that there is a direct connection that we all have with the divine. And it, the more that we can do pra- small practices, medium-sized practices, humongo practices sure. that bring people into that awareness and help people to see themselves mm-hmm. clearly, right? Then slowly people understand what it takes to walk this path in a way that is fair and good and helpful and in service and where they're not, don't have tunnel vision, not sticking their head in the sand, where they care about what's happening with their neighbor, mm-hmm. they care about what's happening with themselves. Um, and they haven't resigned themselves to a life that is dry and flat and, a, and one of a victim and one that has no juice in it. Mm-hmm. Or life that is too small. <laughs> Way too small. Way too small. Way too small. And I have to thank, I mean, there's people that I met along the way, um, communities. Whenever I went to inclusion community in Cornelius and met, the pastor there, Susan Hefner's union. Susan became this mentor for me without her really knowing it because I saw what it means to stand in a place of inquiry and allow everybody to grapple with this because it has a lot of sticky parts. And, and, and if we can just dialogue about it, which is what inclusion community taught me you were allowed to do, mm-hmm. if we could dialogue about it, if we could um, live in the questions together that, that we could go a lot further than if we are being dictated something that has gone through multiple filters of the of where the dictation's coming from. So Yeah, which, you know, ultimately is um a beautiful uh healing tool and opportunity that I think wasn't available for people in in that have experienced possibly some pain in mainline religion. Mm-hmm. that there wasn't um, openness for inquiry or they didn't feel there was openness for inquiry in the specific community that they were in. And so um, lumping the frustration and the hurt with not only the people of that community, but the whole, the whole teaching of that community mm-hmm. or that, um, 
<coughs> and then walking away feeling this really big, like that whole giant community is off my list and on the shit list, yeah. basically. Well, because at that point, you're no longer, um, you're no longer, you've lost the point. Mm-hmm. The point was, the point was, you gave that too, too much power. You gave all your power to something mm-hmm. that had no right to take it from mm-hmm. you. Um, and so it is about a reclamation of that power mm-hmm. to say, I am positive that I am divine. I am positive that, or maybe I'm not positive. I just want to be allowed to, to find out. Yeah. And how can we facilitate that, right? And how can we keep focused on that? Um, Which happens in so many different ways at Lighthouse. So many different ways. So many different ways. Yeah, let's, let's actually talk about that because, because this is something that, this is days of conversation. Oh, yeah. Days of conversation about this. And honestly, when we do fellowship every Sunday, which is something that I lead, from 11 to 1230, mm-hmm. you know, mysticism is really the heart of my path. Mm-hmm. I think it's the heart. It truly is the heart of all traditions. The mystic, mystical heart of all traditions is a real thing. Um, but, but it's really about being in touch with that, that love that is, that is reality, that is consciousness, that is the expanse. The mystery, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we get together on Sundays, that's underneath all that. Mm-hmm. I don't have to talk that way every Sunday. What we're actually doing every Sunday is we're bringing these, this inquiry into more of a visceral space. So we're bringing it into our bodies. Mm-hmm. We're bringing it into um, our senses. We're bringing it into how we talk together, the exercises that we do. So Sundays are my favorite. You know, Sundays, I want to talk a little bit more about Sundays, is that you have this beautiful blend of, um, have you read some of Parker Palmer's stuff? I have. Okay, so there's there's the blending of that because you're sitting in a circle and everyone is holding space in circle um, for the other's voices mm-hmm. to be heard without fixing anything for anyone. Um it allows people to share openly in circle as they need to or feel called to mm-hmm. in a very safe way. And it, um, I love the energetic of how that puts that into a container. So the circle literally makes an energetic container in the room. And so all the words and the thoughts and the heart feelings and the confused feelings, all of that goes into this chalice, goes into this container, goes into this grail that um, – Lends and supports and heals and transforms all that energy, and infuses it with love to be able to be reabsorbed by everyone in the circle. And it creates compassion mm-hmm. for self. It creates compassion for the others in the circle. It creates awareness. It creates enlightenment. I think so. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It is. And one day we won't be able to sit in a circle. Some days we can't now. But it's symbolic, you know. Yeah. It's symbolic, and because that's what churches we call ourselves unchurched just to be cute. But churches mm-hmm. <laughs> or spiritual communities, we're circles. That's what we are. 
you know, and the, and the other symbolism to that is that everyone in the circle is equal. Mm-hmm. Everyone's energy and representation and perspective, everyone's kind of on the same playing field, if you will. Yeah. It, um, it invites equal participation mm-hmm. and that you are part of this whole. And so now there is a whole here as opposed to a single um, dictating or speaking over a group. Yeah. You know, there's a place for benediction, but that's not what this is. Right. Right? That's not yeah. what this is. That's not what this is. Yeah. And I think, you know, and we do, again, there is some teaching. There is some teaching, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But everybody in there is a teacher. You know, it's kind of like you have an orchestra. There's a conductor, but there's also a music that's already alive. Mm-hmm. The conductor's grabbing on to how do we make the most of that. The music that's already alive is like a spirit running through everything. Mm-hmm. And everybody has a, has their part, and without <laughs> yeah, yeah, without their part, it just something's missing from from you know the piece. But um, Sundays, I love um, that community is really finding family, and sometimes we'll have somebody come in who has some some, some pretty good healing to do, and they may misunderstand something or still be coming from a real fundamental spot, mm-hmm. even though they think they're really open mm-hmm. and they might have a little outburst. And we move through that too, mm-hmm. you know. Um, people come to uh, spiritual community messy, and they should be allowed to be messy. They should be allowed to be messy. But I think it needs to be said, though, too, that when, like when um, someone does come in and they're struggling and they have this kind of an outburst or there's something that isn't necessarily um, smooth and really good feeling mm-hmm. about the experience they're having in circle that day is that um, you being a leader that I think that helps keep you human. It helps keep you Mm -hmm. in remembrance and holding space for, okay, there are different levels um, for lack of a better word in terms of where people are approaching from and, and different levels of pain different levels of awareness and comfort and healing that need to be done. And it, I think it helps, it helps you guide conversation. It does. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a learning experience for all. Yeah. I mean, everyone in the group too. I think, um, I think it develops more compassion. It does. It really does. And and it gives you a moment to pause and see, okay, what is needed right here? Mm -hmm. What is needed right here? And what, and what can I learn about this? from this and mm-hmm. um and you know but mostly not mostly what it is is people being nourished mm-hmm. and people realizing oh man like i want to be here i want to be here because something's happening well the conversation is happening now and they're yeah. not you know sequestered behind closed doors in their houses mm-hmm. they um can actually come together in community yeah and talk talk about these topics Right. And interface, you know, interface with one another around them. Yes. And they've heard my story, so they know who they're dealing with. They're <laughs> which if you've heard part one, look, I didn't ever think I was going to be a minister. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have told me that I come from that lineage. Mm-hmm. I never put myself in that line. Mm-hmm. Um, where I put myself was I was much more comfortable uh, doing what the Native Americans were doing over there. And... Um, uh, you know, seeing what the uh, astrology people were doing over there, I didn't realize I was going to take all those loves and come back to the line and take my place in it. Mm-hmm. So it's been amazing. Um, I want to say outside of fellowship, some of the other things in particular. 
Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because we've got about five minutes yeah. left. Go for it. Um, it's your show. Yeah. This is Kendall's interview show. Dang it. <laughs> um, you know, the other parts of the work here at Fellowship, I mean at Lighthouse, Fellowship is just what happens on Sundays. Um, Lighthouse during the week, I mean, we're running a business where we're seeing clients one-on-one. And we are putting together workshops and classes, and I'm teaching some of those classes, and so are other people that come in. Um, one-on-one medium work with people has been uh, an incredible development over the last, um, since we opened the doors here. Um, that portal for me is just wide ass open. And, you know, I find people who have lost adult children, people who have lost parents, people have, who have lost young children, um, coming to me for a level of healing that is only possible when I move myself out of the way and let the divine come through and do some work. Um, I take that very seriously. Mm-hmm. It is an honor. I, I have, I'm, I'm not to the point where I don't cry with people. I cry with people when we do medium readings because it's incredible to me that I've asked spirit to use me in this way. I've said yes. And, this, and those who come through to facilitate healing, which is part of that spiritual healing, the bigger picture, um, I'm so in awe of the love that they have for those who are still here to make, the, to, to bridge those gaps. Mm-hmm. So uh, one-on-one medium work is something that, you know, I'm now putting out into the public, and, and we have people come in the lighthouse to see me for that. Um, that involves some intuitive work. When you and I partner together, um, I will bring that work to the energy work that you're doing. Those appointments can be huge for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is spiritual mentoring, which is um, basically that that I am taking pieces from pastoral care, from spiritual direction, um, from my uh, history with psychotherapy. And what I'm kind of doing is flushing them all through the filter of what I know about spirituality. So I'm just kind of, you know, I'm saying, okay, you all can come in, but you got to go through the ginormous coffee, coffee filter of <laughs> my, my, you know, of my true world, which is which is here in spiritual yeah, realm. Yeah. And so uh, spiritual mentoring is very much about bringing people back to that clarification and rediscovery of the true self through a spiritual lens. Period. So those appointments happen. Mm-hmm. I still do soulful marketing coaching because it just, it's a low-hanging fruit. It's something that I know how to do, and it's part of that translation gift where I can get people to pull the key things out mm-hmm. and understand how to message that so they can move on with clarity in their, mm-hmm. in their businesses. And, that, you know, really that is, there's healing in there. Oh, my gosh. The, the soulful business person. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been there. It's you cross over that line of old life into new life, you know, yeah. non-spiritual into spiritual way of being in the world, and all of a sudden you kind of like get tongue-tied, and how do I talk about this yeah. in, a, in a way that feels really good? Yeah. So that that is so important because that part of our lives needs healing to it, and it needs to be yeah. in the spirit. It's not outside of spirituality. Yeah. And then the last thing really that I hope to be working on is it's really important to me that we start to see um, that the body is very sacred and divine. I want that work to to grow here at Lighthouse through me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want for more experiential workshops to take place um, 
a lot of healing between divine masculine, divine feminine. Um, you know, the other things that I want to do are just going to come down the pipe when they come down the pipe. But, but there's definitely a study about how do we do this thing in the bodies that we have, and then what do we do when we're still doing this thing in the bodies that we no longer have? So um, the very uh, best way in this little squinch of time. <laughs> squinch, I like that word. <laughs> well, let me, let me eke this in here before we run out of time. But if you feel like you would like to work with Kendall um, now or in the future, if any of this sounds um, like something that could be helpful for you on your journey, um, take advantage of the gift certificate sales that we have right now because you can buy one and get one of the same value. So um, give yourself this gift. So call us at 0465814442. That's the house number here at Lighthouse. You may want to say that again. 704-658-1442. Give us a call or check it out online on the website at lighthousespiritualcenter.com and give yourself a gift this season. So, Kendall, I think we are about out of time. We're out of time. And you know what? Everybody knows I like to talk. Sister, I always love talking to you. <laughs> I always love listening to you. <laughs> thankful beyond measure. Awesome. Um, that we have walked, that we're walking this path, and that we've stepped into this together. I know. Yeah. What were we thinking? Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I hope that anybody who has questions can will email me directly, Kendall at LighthouseSpiritualCenter.com. And um, and just know we're here at 645 Carpenter Avenue in Morrisville. All are welcome. Make an appointment with us. We'll have a tea and talk with you. It's free so that you can figure out where you fit into this whole, this whole picture. Thanks for joining Spiritual Charlotte. Spiritual Charlotte. Thank you.